All right, let's get this show on the way. Tony. Doing pretty great, Tom. How are you doing today? Well, it's a day without football, so it's it's a little rough, but you know what? We're we're making it through. Yeah, we're going to make the best of it. It's never a good day to not have football. Did you catch the XFL at all? I meant to ask you this the other day. No, I, I didn't. I need to, but I was busy uh, covering some events on campus. Ah, okay. Well, I, I wasn't really able to catch it either. I don't have a team picked out, but I think that may be something we have to get into. Could be a good little uh, off-season content if we get into the XFL a little bit. Yeah, no, we'll have to. I know that Jack Cohn, former ND quarterback, was cutting it up, so <laughs> a lot of people here were excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, it happened. The Super Bowl was played, and the, the Chiefs just had, I think, one of the craziest comebacks. And I'm not going to say the, the craziest comeback because, obviously, 28-3 to happened, but it felt like a crazy comeback. Yeah, it, it absolutely did. It was it was a fun game to watch. It was really fun. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, you know, we can, we can just break it down, but after the first half, I honestly kind of thought the Chiefs were toast. <laughs> I I did as well. Yeah, it was looking it was looking pretty rough, which was I was happy about. I took the Eagles in this game. I thought they were going to win. I thought they were the better team. So, I was feeling pretty confident going into halftime, but you know, you can never bet against Patty Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, and the laundry list of other elite talents on that team. Yeah, no, I, so how do you want to break down this game? Because obviously we're a little late to the party. It's The episode is titled Super Late Bowl Reactions because obviously <laughs> it's the week after. So Super Bowl Monday was last week. And part of it was everybody and their grandma was offering Super Bowl takes, and I kind of just wanted to take a break and – sit back and, and see how this game felt a week later. And honestly, it has only felt more spectacular as time has gone by. Absolutely. Yeah. As is, as we've kind of had more time to uh, digest the game, I guess you could say, and there's been more content release that clarifies some things. For example, that uh controversial holding call, uh, there were some new angles released of that. And that was a very clear, good call, um, full support of that. So that was good to see. Uh, that we can kind of clear that up. And it was just kind of, it, it's been fun to analyze how these teams have have kind of gone through the game, uh, the kind of coaching adjustments that were made. It's fun to look back on it and kind of just see the highlights and how the game kind of flowed. Sorry, Tony, I lost you there for a second. Uh, let's Let's try that again. Yeah, for sure. I was just talking about... Uh, how it's been fun to kind of look back in the past week and see, you know, the new camera angles that have come out for that holding call uh, that was controversial at the time, but we've now seen it was a good call. Uh, how kind of looking back at the highlights and the kind of condensed version of the game, just really seeing how the game flowed, how the coaches made the adjustments, how the players adjusted, uh, specifically on the Kansas City side. I thought they did a really good job after halftime. Uh, they must have done something uh pretty drastic in that locker room as they came out looking like a, a pretty different team, honestly, being down 10 going into halftime and being able to pull it out at the end. So it was a really fun game to watch, and I'm, I'm excited to break it down. Yeah, so let's let's go into it. I'm just going to open up the play-by-play, -play and we can kind of go from there. On that initial Eagles drive, it's 11 plays, 75 yards, and it's it, it took just under five minutes, I have to admit. After after that drive, I knew we were going to going to be in for a good high scoring game because that was a pretty a pretty efficient first drive. Yeah, it absolutely was. They looked really really good. I was wondering if they would come out and kind of struggle a little bit, but man, they really just kind of lit it up right out of the gate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I mean, there's a, you know there's obviously a a third down that they converted. And that was something that I honestly. I thought was going to cost Kansas City the game was their inability to stop the Eagles on third down because it felt like no matter the third down situation here, it was just, you know, it was third and five at the Phillies own 30. But as the game went on, the inability to prevent the Eagles from doing anything on third and long was just kind of devastating. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just kind of looking back at the, the more team stats, if you look at the uh, third down efficiency, 
the Eagles were 11 of 18. They were faced with 18 third downs, and they converted 11 of them. That is such a good percentage to have. If you're faced with that that many times, I'm pretty sure any team in the league would take converting 11 of them, especially when you move down to fourth down efficiency. They were two for two, and it was on you know a lot of those quarterback sneaks. Tom kind of uh, talked about um, how everybody was kind of riding that quarterback sneak a little too hard. Everybody was a little too hyped about it. I personally think it's it was kind of crazy. It's pretty OP, but hey, that's uh, if they're able to build an O-line that good with a quarterback that successful, then hey, more power to them. Don't get me wrong. It's a good weapon. I just thought like the broadcasters going, oh, it's the quarterback sneak. It's the quarterback. Like it just – yeah, it's one yard, two yards at the absolute most, and it's one guy being pushed on the back with guys moving forward to plow his way through. Like I just, I found it impressive, but not ex- as exceptional, I think, as the broadcast really made it out to be. Yeah, I was, I, I wasn't super crazy impressed with it until they did that, uh, the camera angle kind of from the sideline right down the line of scrimmage, and it was really fun to kind of watch as soon as that ball was snapped. Usually if you watch a a quarterback sneak, it'll be kind of the guy like the center will be able to kind of make some headway and the quarterback just kind of follows him and the rest of the O-line either kind of stays where they're at or doesn't really move a whole lot. But with this Eagles O-line, every single one of them pushed back the defense. Every single one of them by like a yard, yard and a half. That's something I've never really seen before. They're just so dominant at the line of scrimmage. And, man, when you have a quarterback like Jalen Hurts that can, you know, he's squatting 600 pounds in the weight room, that's going to be, you know, he's going to convert a lot of those. That's a heck of a weapon. Yeah, I mean, again, like, it, it, it is a good weapon. It's not that impressive to me. I think that the quarterback sneak is almost always going to be good for a yard or two. Yeah, no, that is that is definitely that's fair. Just, that's it, just the, the cynicism in me, though. That is definitely fair. I'm just, as, as a true uh, – the kind of the true football followers that we are uh, things as simple as the O-line impresses us. And a lot of people aren't really impressed by the O-line or these little more niche positions, but man, I just love watching a good O-line play. I want some O-line stats. Somebody publish it. It's definitely impressive for sure. I just, I don't know. It it was just much, a a bit much. Um, Okay. So turning next to the next drive, obviously the Chiefs, followed up with an even more efficient drive on six plays. They went 75 yards in just over three minutes, so even faster. Now, it it helps when you can pass short to Travis Kelsey for a 20-yard gain, and then you have a a 20-yard run up up the gun. (laughs) That that helps a lot. Uh, But when that happened, I I think that I saw the Chiefs are are committing to running the ball, and I think that that was honestly the difference maker in this game. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. This was really this was a really backwards game for me. I thought that the Chiefs were going to kind of be more through the air and the Eagles were really going to control the ground game, but it was actually exactly the opposite. The Eagles had 302 passing yards to the Chiefs, 182, and the Chiefs had 158 rushing yards to the Eagles, 115. It was it was a really weird inverse, but it worked really well. It was uh it, it made it so interesting. Every everything was it was just a little unexpected for me, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. I think so. Going into this, I had listened to a few podcasts, and I do, of course, not that it needs the shout out, but the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny did a really good job on on touching that the Eagles' ability or inability, I should say, to stop the run, specifically up the center of the field. That, to me, was going to be the difference maker in this game. Would are the Chiefs willing to run the ball? Are they willing to use counters and go up the gun? Go up the gut, I should say and take advantage of that, basically the one weakness on that Eagles defense, which is their inability to stop runs up the center. The Chiefs were more than happy to. I mean, it was quite literally the the first offensive play of the game was Pacheco up the middle for three yards. Yeah, absolutely. And they, it was, it was, it was a fun thing to watch because I, I, I've become a big uh, Pacheco fan. I've really loved watching him kind of develop over the course of the year and, Man, he kind of showed out really well when he needed to. He had 15 carries, 76 yards. He was averaging 5.1 yards per carry. That's a really good number to be averaging in the Super Bowl against a defense like that. And if you can, if you can find that kind of exploit 
where you can keep pushing it and run that 15 times and it kind of works pretty much every time. That was definitely a recipe for success there. No, I, I totally agree. I think that that was, it was, I mean, it was huge. The Eagles could not between him and, and Mahomes, of course, with, in this drive in particular, had a scramble for eight yards. It was it was the runs that killed the Eagles, and it was, of course, Mahomes' scrambling that at times really killed the Eagles. Yeah, and Travis uh, so let's Kelsey's... go to the next drive. So we have the – oh, my bad, sorry. Go uh, ahead. A little rolling. bit of audio lag. Yeah, we're good. I was gonna say, yeah. So let's let's go to the next drive. It's the it's the punt for three plays. It's minus four yards. It was it this had to um, now they, the, the the Zach Pascal offensive pass interference, which at the time looked like a little bit of a goofy call, uh, did hurt them and made it first and twenty. In which case they got a yard on a run, a five yard pass, and then an incomplete pass left. I thought that that was going to be a very controversial call if it gave the Chiefs the lead. Of course, it didn't because of the missed field goal, which we'll get to in a minute. What was your reaction when you see this three-play, this three-and-out, that net is minus four yards? Uh, this was kind of where it got, you know, this was kind of, I guess, how do I want to say this? This is where the game could have gone one of two ways. It could have continued to be the high-scoring game that we saw it be, or it could have been the momentum killer that really kind of just stalled out uh stalled out the Chiefs and it was gonna be it was gonna be hard for them to ever come back and that missed field goal, man, that was really ooh, I thought that was gonna be a real bad omen for the rest of the game for them. Yeah, I mean so Tommy there we got so obviously going to the next drive because there's not a ton to talk about on a on a three and out drive. You have Chiefs from what are they can you hear me? Yep, we're, we're. I think we're lagging a little bit, but I can hear you. Okay, yeah. So let's. We'll have to try to time it up. It's going to be tricky. Um, but yeah. So you you go to the next drive. It's the missed field goal, and the Chiefs went from their own thirty-four again with very deadly efficiency, might I say? It's seven plays, forty-two yards, uh, in two minutes twenty-two seconds, and they wind up going with with an up a miss off of the upright. And that, that, to me, like you said, Tony, it definitely felt like a bad omen because, wow, the Chiefs, the Chiefs defense might need a lot of – the Chiefs defense might need to just get one stop. They got the stop, and then they're in the game because that was kind of the, the Chiefs' defensive best effort because I expected this Eagles offense to do so well against them. Yeah, it was definitely a uh... – it was a tough thing to watch. I was really hoping that you'd knock it through. We'd kind of keep a little bit of momentum rolling. Every team was going to score a little bit here and there. Um, it was it was tough to watch, especially after you know that recent uh, game with the Cowboys kicker and how often he missed. That was kind of still fresh in everybody's mind. And that was I'm hilarious, sure, though. I'm sure once he missed it, he was thinking the same thing. And I was like, oh no, if, he, if they send him out there to hit a game winner, and he's got to think about this missed you know, field goal here, this could be bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely, it could have been. It very it very much could have been a, a bad trendsetter. And I think, I'm pretty sure every single time the Chiefs attempted a singular kick, the, the broadcasters mentioned, oh, he missed that field goal earlier in the first quarter. I mean, it might have even been, I don't remember exactly, but it might have been mentioned on the game-winning field goal try. I'm sure it was. Yeah, I mean, in every every extra point, too. I mean, it was in the back of the minds of, of Chiefs fans everywhere. And, yeah, it definitely could have been a, a very bad sign for them. And in the game, in the moment, it was a horrible sign for them because the Eagles then decided, okay, five plays, 68 yards, two minutes and 32 seconds. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you know, it helps when, you know, you have a, a talent like Jalen Hurts who – goes from the Philly 32, he picks up five yards, and then again he goes up a yard, and then there's a, a Chiefs penalty, um, and then eventually you have the A.J. Brown pass for 45 yards. It was like five yards, one yard, five yards, five yards, seven yards, 45-yard touchdown. Yep, but that's all you needed to be, just yep. dink and dunk until you got an opening, and man, they found it. 
Now, if if you look back at that play, I honestly think it was very a very interceptable ball. I think that the Chiefs secondary, I, I don't remember who it was on Brown. I think he just kind of played it poorly. I think positionally, he probably could have picked that ball off. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing when he caught it. He was uh, everybody was just a little turned around. I think if 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 the corners had been in the right spot and they were really looking for the ball and they were really uh, trying to focus in on, on grabbing it or swatting it away. They definitely could have, they just all looked a little lost, but man, AJ Brown was just a little less lost. Yeah, no, I mean, it was a good connection. And when I, when I saw it, I was like, Oh, and that is kind of why I, you know, I got scared for the chiefs because wow, you, you needed those points. This offense is going to continue to just absolutely dominate. And sure, sure enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so then next, you know, and again, this is like the most obvious thing in the world. When the Chiefs went three and out on the preceding drive, I believe that this was the the drive where Smith-Schuster was held and it was not called. I, I could be wrong on that one. It could be the, the next Chiefs offensive possession. But Chiefs, you know, Pacheco was minus three yards off the left tackle, Smith-Schuster for five, and then incomplete to Smith-Schuster, and they went four and out, and all of a sudden – Again, as we've been saying, that missed field goal felt really important. Yeah, points were really feeling like they were at a premium uh, at this point in the game. We were kind of coming up closer and closer to halftime, and there was still plenty of time, and that's all fine and dandy. You could definitely turn it around. But, I mean, when you're down seven and this the Eagles are looking really good, they're just coming off of that big touchdown, they have all the momentum, you're pretty sure they're probably going to score on the next drive in some form. If you have to punt that ball, man, that's got to feel just bad if you're the offense. You know you got to get something going, and you can't. Absolutely. But, and to the surprise of everyone, the Chiefs' defense was there for a fumble touchdown. And when I was watching this game live, I was at a watch party with some of my friends, and we all went crazy because this felt insane. That fumble, the fumble looked fairly awkward, and then Bolton recovers it and is able to bring it in 36 yards. Yeah, absolutely. When this happened in real time, it honestly felt like everything had flipped. All of that momentum the Eagles had, it felt like the Chiefs had it. Now it just felt like off of that one play, even though the offense hadn't really been doing a whole lot, it just felt like they were about to go rolling. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I I, I, have, I have to say, it really did that that changed everything it changed everything it erased it erased the it erased the missed field goal and i i know that you know it's a it's a big play but i don't think we realized how big it was until after when obviously you know the chiefs only win by three if that is even just if that's just a punt you know looking at the chiefs next drive which of course was also a punt like that the eagles could have very well held on to win that game yeah definitely it was possible um, so let's go to the next drive, which, of course, it was the the Eagles responding. They did a very good job. 12 plays, 75 yards. This one was, I, to this point, the slowest touchdown drive of the game. It took eight minutes, which, quite honestly, it was the length of that drive that felt like it was going to hurt Kansas City. Yeah, they just felt like they were really in control. This wasn't like the previous drives where... Uh, you would kind of touchdown for like touchdown. You you'd under- walk into that forty-five yard touchdown pass. Yeah, it's it had been every other touchdown drive so far in the game had been less than five minutes, and this one felt like one of those where the Eagles were kind of trying to regain, retake kind of the game. They're trying the to slow everything down. Yeah, they were trying to not let everybody freak out, and they did. They didn't want this to be a shootout. You don't want to go into you know, one of those high-scoring shootouts with Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reid. That's not what you want to do. You want to control the game. You want to slow it down. You want to take it at your own pace. That's really what this drive felt like. It felt kind of methodical and that they they knew they were going to get a touchdown and they just wanted to kind of push the game off, push it off a little farther, get to halftime with a lead. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, look, we joke about kind of Kyle Shanahan loving you know he's the the 49ers have such a good defense and in the joke we've in the past we've joked about Kyle Shanahan loves a 12 minute drive but that's kind of what this felt like it was the Eagles saying we're going to snuff this out we're going to dare Kansas City with we're going to take so much time we're going to dare Kansas City to match the score with with the little time we're going to give them absolutely and honestly it was a great idea considering you know half of their points up until that point were from the defense so I mean (laughs) 
if if you are the Eagles, you're going to say, like, yeah, go ahead. We've stopped you multiple times so far on offense. We plan to keep doing it. Make us regret it. Now, in that drive, there was the fourth and five from the 45 that the Eagles, and I thought, no shot you snapped the ball here. Like, right? Like, there's no shot you're going to do it because a few weeks ago we'd seen the Giants do, I think, fourth and eight from the the opposition's 48, and it failed miserably. And I said, I looked over at my friend and I said, no shot they snap it. It's the hard count. If the Chiefs hold up, they can get the ball back with five minutes and go score and take the lead. And no, instead, snaps the ball, and it's Jalen Hurts with an uh, you know an unbelievably athletic run that gets him to the twenty. That felt like a very dagger moment for the Chiefs. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a really really impressive run. I didn't really think I had no idea what was going to happen. I wasn't entirely sure that it was a hard count just because it was you know fourth and uh, you know, fourth and five, it, it may be, but kind of sort of also not. And if, if anybody's going to run it in prime time when it matters the most, it's going to be Sirianni. He's going to call that play. So I was kind of wondering if they would snap it and they snap it at that point, you know, is it going to be run? Is it going to be a pass? Looked like, you know, at first I couldn't really tell. And man, Jalen Hurts just took that right up, right up the field, 28 yards. It was an awesome thing to watch. Yeah, and I think part of when they did snap the ball, you're like, is it a pass? If you watch back on the replay, he does a really good job of selling pass. Like, he gets back in the stance, and then boom. I mean, that's why he's such a great quarterback and why he was so fun to watch this year is he explodes up the field to the point where, if I remember the broadcast, the Chiefs defense did such a good job of getting passing pressure that it's actually what opened up the running lane. Yeah. You you could convince me that that was probably a pass and not a designed run, but Hurts' talent is so incredible that it actually did end up feeling like it was a designed run. I would believe it. Uh, yeah, so let's let's head to the next part. So I'm looking right now, third and three, three twenty-five left, and it's the handoff. Let's see. Oh, how about the fourth and two? How about the fourth and two with two forty-two left, where it looks like either side could have jumped, or in the case of the Chiefs, encroached. Yeah, I it, when it was real time, I was definitely not too sure. But once again, they kind of showed that down the down the line of scrimmage shot, and you could clearly tell. Uh, that I forget who it was, but he was very clearly lined up in the neutral zone, and then you know a bunch of guys jumped or whatever. Everybody's pointing, but I did think that was a good call. That was the right call. So uh, as much as it was a killer for Kansas City, man, it was it was the right call. No, I I remember thinking the same thing is that in real time. Oh come on, seriously, that's the call. It's not it's not the offside. It's not the jump. And then you look down and yep, okay, he's definitely in the neutral zone. You got yeah. you got to call that there. That wasn't even debatable. <laughs> no, not at all. And then, of course, it's capped off in the way that it felt like every touchdown was capped off for the Eagles with Jalen Hurts' run from the four-yard line. He just he ran in pretty untouched. Yeah. Which, at that point, you know, it felt like that he was going – we were going to coordinate Jalen Hurts as probably one of the as one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, which is how he was kind of slaughtering that Chiefs defense. Yeah, absolutely. He was He was on fire. I mean, in that in that drive alone, he converts the critical fourth down and gets a very easy touchdown. Absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, so let's go over to the, the Chiefs' possession. They have the ball with just a little under two minutes left. Now, it's third and 15 here. I believe there was a, there was a holding call in the prior where Mahomes would have had a, a rushing first down, I think. And I don't know. He, he hurts his leg here, obviously. And as he's running off the field, you can see him yelling in pain. This is the moment where I figured if, if Chad Kenny comes in, this thing is cooked. This is over. Yeah, I, I was also watching this with a watch party of some of my friends here. And as soon as he started hobbling around and he, was, uh, he wasn't looking too great and everybody was saying, oh, this is it, this is it, he's probably going to go out, who's the backup? And they were all looking it up. And I just kept saying, he's not leaving. There's no chance unless his leg is broken or he is dead. There is no way he leaves this game. And I don't know what they hopped him up on in the in the halftime <laughs> tunnel, but man, I want some of that. Yeah, no, really, that was I, when he came back out on the field, and then just also looked. I mean, like he just looked completely normal. I was absolutely flabbergasted. Yeah, he looked fine. It was incredible, and you know, after the 
the the injury that he took a couple weeks ago where it only took him like a week and he was running around just fine. After that happened, I was pretty convinced that if he has another leg injury, unless it's crazy serious, he'll be fine. Yeah. No, I mean, that's and that's part of what makes his second half performance all the more impressive. If you you go into the context in, in real time thinking that there's no way he should be able to play. And if he does play, he's going to be a sitting duck and, you know, against one of the best pressure defenses of the season. Dang, that's a bad combo. Yeah. All right, so let's go to uh, the next play that I want to look at. So it's it's uh, one minute left in the in the second quarter. Second and one, the Eagles have the ball on the Chiefs. We'll call it the forty nine, and let's see, Hertz takes it back, and then I believe this is when he found uh, Smith for a just absolute gut punching play down all the way to I believe it was the it was the twenty, and it got called back. Yeah. When we were watching this in real time uh, and kind of watching them do the slow-mo and the replay, I didn't really know what they were going to do. It looked like one of those where he caught it, he caught it, and then it came out at the very end. He didn't survive the ground, uh, which I still think is a stupid rule. But regardless, I love survive the ground. Survive the ground is the thing that you get to say at watch parties that makes you sound smarter than everybody else. Yeah, it that is true, but I still hate <laughs> the rule. I still think it's so dumb. Well, I was watching it, and you'll have to forgive me for misremembering who the the commentator is for the officials. But he said, "Oh, this is a this is a complete pass," and he said, "No way, he didn't survive the ground." And of course, they come back on and they say he didn't survive the ground. And I just, I don't know if it's I just tend to disagree with the on on screen analyst or what, but I I feel like he made. Some, if he was officiating, he would have made some bad calls that I would have disagreed with. Oh, yeah, 100%. There was a couple times throughout the – I think it was it was sometime in the early game. It Gene Ster- said, it's Gene Steratore, right? I think so. Yeah. The, he said something, and everybody in the watch party agreed with it, and then I said, no, he's wrong, and they came back, and I was right. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that guy's never been right once in his life on this TV. <laughs> You know, it really does feel like they bring on these the rules in us, and they're like, he was a 13-year veteran of the NFL. I'm like, yeah, keyword on the was. Then, yeah, there's a reason not. <laughs> I got so heated while watching that and listening to him say, it's a catch, it's a catch. And I said, no, oh, my God, it's not a catch. It's not a catch. And if they make it a catch, it would be so angry. And, of course, you know, overruled it. But the Eagles still found a way to pick up the first down on go figure a quarterback sneak. And yep. then – <laughs> the quarterback sneak is going to make me laugh. All right, next play. It's third and four from the Chiefs' 42. Hurt steps back, steps back and finds Brown, who catches it at the 35 and somehow gets it down to the 20. Uh, and that would be good enough for an Eagles field goal to make it a 24-14 game in that 10-point deficit. Yeah, this is where it really felt like uh, the game it felt, was... It, 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 felt like it was. It felt like it was the darkest part of the game. It felt like the game was over, and the only way it was going to be salvaged if you're the Chiefs was if you could go into the locker room and you could make your adjustments better than the than the Eagles were able to. And, I mean, that's exactly what happened. This is You and I have talked about this so many times on this show at so many different points, but the coaching is so important, and it is for this exact reason right here. When it looks like things are going bad, if you have a great coaching staff that can go into the locker room, that can go, look, what we're doing is not working here's what will work, and then they re- they put it in and everything kind of changes like it did for the Chiefs. That is so valuable, and people don't ever really talk about it, but I really think this Eric Bieniemy loss for the Chiefs is going to be Oh, it's huge. huge. It's, it's huge. huge. I mean, and Andy Reid you know, noted that in the Super Bowl. It's, I feel like it's probably part of what got Bieniemy that offensive coordinator job with, with Washington, which I still don't understand. And it will be another yep. – we could do we could do an entire episode on why that's a horrible decision for Bieniemy. And God <laughs> bless him. I hope I hope he, it's because he thinks he has a chance at becoming the, the head coach for the commanders. But that felt like a very poor decision or – it'll go, it'll go one of two ways. He will be a disaster, not because I think he's bad, but because I don't trust that commander's offense to be any good. And he will be, oh, it was Andy Reid, it was Andy Reid, it was Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes too. Or it will work out great and he's going to be a head coach, and I really wish it was Carolina. Yep, absolutely. <sighs> okay, uh, but looking, I did want to just mention this because I, one of my favorite things to do is to track what ESPN's FPI is 
win probability is. Can you guess what it was for the Eagles at halftime? At halftime, I would guess yeah. it could be in the high 60, low 70%. 75% chance. Okay, that's pretty close. Which, yeah, I mean, I felt like I don't think that FBI is taking injury into account. Like, I would assume that it is still assuming, um, you know, that Patrick Mahomes is still in the game, which if you told me that he was still in the game, 75 would have been too high. <laughs> 75 would be too high for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but let's open it up with the with the Kansas City's reply, which after you see them go on the field and do what they did, five minutes, 30 seconds, 10 plays, 75 yards. Somehow they, they found a way. Yep. It was just those halftime adjustments. This looked like a really good drive. 10 plays, 75 yards, a little over five, uh, five and a half minutes exactly. This just looked like a solid drive, and it looked like the Chiefs had settled down. They'd really kind of figured out, like, hey, this is it. This is We got one and a half to go. This is the big game. Let's buckle down right here, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, that, and again, Patrick Mahomes somehow, like, his foot looked completely healed. I'm, I'm watching the game right now, and he looks so good in the pocket. And, of course, he has a, he has a pivotal, like, 15-yard scramble on second and third in the red zone to make it you know, to put them on the five-yard line, and then they punch it in. Oh, yeah. Uh, on a handoff to Pacheco. He's something else. Well, and watching that, you just – I don't know about you, but I said, oh, my God, the Chiefs are going to win. They're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't that confident yet, but, man, I was scared. I will tell you that. Just watching, watching that drive and seeing how good he looked and the adjustments that they had very clearly made, I feel like he was – He's a lot more patient. He was willing to look for the stuff that was shorter, and he was willing to let the the yards after catch do the work for him. Yeah, which that's that's the difference maker. I think is that you know in some of those those possessions where they had to punt, they were looking for the home run, and they didn't get the home run. You there, Tony? Yeah, I think I lost you there for a second. Say that again. Yeah, my bad. I I said uh, part of it was that I feel like he started passing the ball a little bit shorter and was willing to let the, the yards after the catch do the work for him, as opposed to earlier on those punt those punt drives where they were kind of they needed they needed the yardage because it was a bit of a longer third and de- third down, uh, but they went for the home run and they just they struck out, whereas they were willing to hit a single every time and rack up runs that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was it's the. Travis Kelsey was such a big part of this. He was always somehow open, and even if it was a little, you know, six to eight yard pass, he always managed to take it twenty yards up the field. Seemed like, yeah. And then, of course, I think we could talk about what might be the most controversial play uh, for me, at least, was the the Eagles fumble that was somehow not a fumble. Maybe okay, yeah. not the most controversial play, but to that point in the game the most controversial play of the game where Hertz passes it to Miles Sanders for minus three yards. He fumbles. Uh, this is, is Sneed and it's recovered by Nick Bolton again and Bolton with a 24 yard touchdown. When this happened, I think you and I were both like, Oh, it's done. It's done. It's done. This is, you know, call it, call it here. Yeah. At that point I was, I hate that that was not a fumble. That, that should have been a fumble that deserves to be a fumble. I still don't really get why it's not, but Whatever the rules, the rule. Yeah, no change. Change my mind on that one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I thought for sure that they were going to let that stand. That was that was such a killer play right there. And I, as, if that would have stood, I would have been like a hundred percent. I'm watching this movie, or I'm watching this this uh, game for fun now. But it's over. Yeah, and I when Sneed makes that tackle, I thought, wow, okay. That, that was an odd play call, and then you see the ball pop loose. And, you know, I, what was the the logic? It was that he hadn't completed the process of a catch by making a football move? Yeah, he hadn't made a football move at that point. Yeah, honestly, live, it looked like a lateral, and I thought that it wouldn't matter because it was a backwards pass, but I guess not. Yeah. But I I digress. It was just flat enough that it wasn't a lateral and that he just had not made the football move. I think in a perfect world, I would have, I would definitely want the football rules to change where a play like that, that's just on you for letting your player get blown up like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, but we, we move on cause it's okay. The, the chiefs weren't totally, and if imagine if the chiefs had lost, that would have been a, a subject of controversy too. Uh, that would have made the, that would have been up there with the, the Bradbury hold. Absolutely. 
Um, all right, so let's go to the next series. So I'm looking at third and two for the Eagles at 744. They're on the Chiefs. I feel like every single Eagles play we're going to talk about, they're on the Chiefs like 47. Uh, but it's it's fourth and two. They're on the Eagles. Uh, for, they're on the Chiefs 47. Pick it up. Oh, and then this rolls right into the, uh, the Goddard, which is it's now third and 14. Somehow they got a first down and they proceeded to lose yardage, and we're still on the Chiefs 47. Um, and then this is the Dallas Goddard catch. What did you think about this? Because, one, I want to say that the pass by Hertz, again, is just phenomenal. The touch on the ball, it's putting it where only Goddard can get it. I did live. I thought, wow, he put that you know, he put that thing in a little bit of jeopardy. But looking back on it, it is a beautiful pass that's just an absolute – I mean, it's just a dime. No one's yeah, getting that except Goddard. It was, in my opinion, honestly, I think it was the best pass of the day. It was the most impressive. It was the most difficult. And he made it in the biggest time. Uh, it was as clutch as it gets. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he put that into a very small window now. I'm. You have to work to convince me that it was a catch because if, if we're going to go by the pro, like the idea of completing the process of the catch, I don't know if he did that in my, in my mind. Yeah, it, that's why I wish that they would just have one rule no matter where you are in the field. I don't care if you're going out of bounds. I don't care if you're in the middle of the field. A catch is a catch, and it, it, there should be no difference between – between a catch and a not catch based off of where you are in the field. I think that was a catch and it should have been a catch a hundred percent. And it was, so I'm glad that that was upheld properly, but uh, I do, I, I would like to see a rule change there. Yeah. I, I just don't think he, because he bobbled it initially, like live thought it was a catch, thought it was insane. And then upon replay, I thought he bobbled. It didn't have control. I digress. Uh, yeah, but once again, the NFL is back to like, what is a catch? Uh, you know, what is a tackle? What is a quarterback? As always. Uh, yeah, no, the NFL is very philosophical at times. Like, what is a catch? <laughs> what is a touchdown? Who even knows? Um, big play, big play coming up here. It's third and one. Uh, it would appear that the Eagles are are roughly on the 25. The, uh, let me rephrase, 21. And the Chiefs get a stop after a pitch to, I believe, Sanders, where the Eagles just absolutely were shut down. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was interesting and, to watch. And then they and, and then they do the sneak. <laughs> they do the sneak inevitably. Yeah, and it would that drive would wind up being a field goal, but it's fourth and five. I was honestly kind of surprised they didn't go for it there. Yeah, I was wondering what they would do, but I think they were just trying to play for play for time at that point. Play for points. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Can you imagine though? Had they gotten the touchdown there, it's it, it's twenty one thirty one when the Chiefs take the field again. You know, even assuming that they do the exact same thing that they were they went and did, which is of course was a touchdown. The Chiefs were flawless in that second half. It's then twenty eight thirty one if they get it. If they don't, you know, then it's then it's twenty eight twenty four and yeah. I, I don't know. That will be. I'd be curious. We'll have to mention it later in another show i'd be curious what the analytics say the correct decision was there i'm sure it was field goal because i i think sirianni is pretty is pretty uh adhering to analytics considering that if, if it's fourth and two he's just going to quarterback sneak it whereas most coaches are conservative wouldn't do it but i'd be curious what happens there if they went for it yeah me too um all right so the chiefs next drive it's nine plays 75 yards 441 and you know again there there wasn't Looking at this, there's not a huge play where you're just like, oh shoot, like it's the 45 yard touchdown pass to to, uh, to Brown. It's a three yard to to Travis Kelsey, eight to Smith uh, Schuster, uh, nine run a nine yard run by Pacheco, uh, Pacheco run for 11, and then a short pass, short pass, <laughs> short pass, short pass, uh, McKinnon run, uh, and then. The Kadarius Tony touchdown is definitely uh, one that bears looking at because I loved what the Chiefs did there. Yeah, absolutely. The whole drive was very just, again, methodical. They knew what they were doing and they just stuck to it and they weren't going to let anybody kind of take them off the rhythm. It was all it was all good all the way up until the end. No, I mean, that drive felt like a just an Andy Reid masterclass. It, it absolutely. But to be fair, the second half was an Andy Reid masterclass. It was Andy Reid just putting on a clinic about how he knows more about football, or I should say he'll forget more about football than we'll ever know. Yes. Uh, but watching watching the play, you just – it's it's the motion. And then the amazing pivot, he just absolutely 
puts his heels in the ground. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Kadarius Tony, but he just puts his foot in the ground and absolutely makes the the defense bite for the Eagles, and then is completely wide open for the touchdown. It was certainly a uh, a really well designed play and very well executed. Yeah, I mean, just I, one of the big things coming into the game was that Chiefs had an excellent screen game, and part of me almost thinks that they were prepared for a screen motion. Yeah, um, and bit too hard on it, and it, it's completely wide open. Tony walks it into the end zone, and the closest player is Travis Kelsey. Yep. Um, and then, you know, next play, punt by the Eagles, and w- once the Chiefs get this touchdown in 49 seconds, I would like to say 49 seconds because of the absolutely insane Kadarius Tony 65-yard return that justified the trade that the, that she did to get him, which at the time felt like a good trade, but it looks so much better with this hindsight. Absolutely, and I was honestly concerned that they weren't going to get this touchdown. It was first and goal, then it was second and four, and then it was third and goal, and they, they finally punched it in, but it was looking a little scary there for a second. I was gonna, mm-hmm. I was kind of saying, if you can get all the way down to the five and not not punch it in, man, that's... That's bad. No, that, that would have been a backbreaker for sure. Yeah. Uh, but going back to the return, who did you think that was more accountable? Because I, I didn't think about this until I was listening to uh, a, re- a recap podcast a couple days ago. And they pointed out that the punt here is just a line drive. It did not get a whole lot of hang time. And then obviously Kadarius Tony just does video game level things. But, you know, is this, this, is this the – okay – Part of me is I'm watching it right now, and it's amazing that he wasn't tackled two or three separate times. But this is just a, a special teams disaster of epic proportions that I think only a few players can take advantage of, like Tony did. Um, and it's just kind of incredible. But do you think do you think it's also it's somewhat on the punter too because that punt did not feel like it got enough hang time? I mean, it might have not gotten enough hang time, but at the end of the day, it's it's you know you five. Tackle per- him. It's 5% punt, 95% punt coverage, honestly. So uh, even if the punt's not great, you still have enough players down there that you, you should be tackling him. I mean, but that's that's the genius of what uh, of what Tony does there. Kadarius Tony, obviously not not you, Tony. Um, in that he, he times it up so that he goes to the left side of the field and then he has the hesitation and then immediately cuts right for the wall. Part of me thinks, like, like damn, like you're just you're not going to stop that. Yeah, I guess it was just, it just it was, guess, obviously it was really good by Tony, a hundred percent. He was really elusive. He's awesome at these punt return things. He's he's been you know, he's fantastic in this game, of course. And it, it's it's it is also just kind of a meltdown on the Eagles' side yeah. of it. I really do think the, that they could have tackled storm. The they had multiple chances and they just weren't good enough. I guess it's just kind of that perfect storm conglomeration of events for the Eagles. Right. Um, so then, you know, let's go to the, the touchdown pass. It's the exact same play. Like, it, to a T, it's the exact same play as the one that got Tony his touchdown the first time, except it's Sky Moore on the opposite side of the field to a different secondary player. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, once again, it was just a masterclass play. Yeah, and I think part of what makes that genius is some people say, oh, you're just kind of recycling the same play. It worked once. Why wouldn't it work before? I think that if you're the Eagles defender who got the first one scored on him, you're not going to let it happen a second time. You're going to be a little bit more cautious, which is why they did it on the on a different side of the field with a different player after subbing Kadarius Tony out for Sky Moore, the rookie. Yeah, absolutely. It was really good. Which, you know, may, again, why it's a masterclass. It's why taking advantage of little things like a substitution for a different player and using and you know lining up on a different side of the field makes it such a genius level move by Reed. Like it's just that's that's 3D chess. Yeah. Um so let's go to the next play that I want to look at. It's 545 left in, in, in the game. Eagles down eight points. They're on the Chiefs again, they're on the Chiefs like 46. <laughs> and it's the it's a deep play, it's a it's play action. And Hertz just lofts it up, and Smith steps out of bounds. Yep. He I don't so, know. Oh, go ahead. He was so close. He almost had it. He almost had it in the end zone. Do you think it makes a difference, though? Because, hear me out, that play, um, let me see. Well, no, I, I, I guess it doesn't. There was, it, it's, it's 30 seconds of difference, which I do think makes a difference at the end of the game, of course. 
but it's not it's not that big. It's not as big as I thought it was. I thought they they ran a play or two more. No, it was the next one. They got it right in. I, I it was it was good. I think it would have been nice if he would have got it in, but I mean you can't hold it against him to make a forty five yard reception. No, you can't. It just it would have, you know, saved him it would have saved him thirty seconds, which ends up being big and then of course, you know, they the Eagles do the most efficient thing that they can do, which is the QB sneak. Never fails. Yeah, I I I was hoping that they were just going to say screw it and do the do the two point conversion uh, as a QB sneak. And honestly probably would have worked. I think it would have, and it's what I was expecting. I was like, oh, they're going to do it again. They're just going to do it again, and you can't stop it. It does not matter. Uh, but Hertz does end up going around the left end and kind of barely got it in. I thought he might have gotten denied for a second, and then you know, he, ended up, he ended up making it through. Yeah, he got it. Um, yeah, and then, of course, he, uh, the Chiefs decide, all right, we're just going to end the game here, and they go on a five-minute five drive. 12 plays, 66 yards, and, of course, the Bradbury call. Yep, and it was, you know, at the time, even when it happened kind of live in the game, uh, even from just the angles that we had, I thought it was a good call. I thought it was legit. I didn't really have any questions with it. I didn't think it was all that controversial until I opened Twitter after the game ended, and apparently it was was all that. But I thought this was overall a pretty well-officiated game for the most part. I, I thought the officiating was fine. I do think that they missed a pass interference call earlier on, but the fact that officiating was controversial is just because it happened at the end of the game. If that call happens anywhere else on the field I, or in the game, I don't think people care. Yeah, I do also think that uh, a lot of the things I was hearing is they were kind of letting letting the players get away with that all game, and they just decided to call it at the end on that. So if that were the case, I would see why people would be upset, but I wasn't really paying close enough attention to know if that's true or not. I, I do think that they were getting away with a little bit of the of the tugging of the jerseys. I just think that and, and the way I kind of ra- rationalize it in the moment is that there's a minute 54 left in the game when this happens. It's on Smith-Schuster up the left side, and it's – look, he very clearly – holds him like there's no denying it now if it's a, if, if it's a, like an aggressive hold an atrocious cold I don't I don't think so but if you look at it I think without that hold it's a touchdown it and that's kind of what the rule is designed to do is the rule is designed to kind of punish you for taking away a touchdown in that spot because if the Chiefs get a touchdown there all of a sudden it's 42 35 and yes the Eagles have a minute 48 but I I really do think that it's taking the it's robbing the Chiefs of a touchdown yeah no that's which is why you make the call it's why it's a it's why I can kind of defend the call yeah I agree um but yeah so and I I like the call. I do. It's a hold. It took away a touchdown. Mahomes was seeing it before that, before they even threw the flag, I think. Um, and so, you know, again, like it was a hold. Bradbury himself admitted it, which I think does volumes, but it did take, it did deny us a really classic ending. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it did a hundred percent. Like that was, that was my, that was my disappointment and irritation with it. And I'm not going to blame the officials for doing the right thing. I just think, dang, the Chiefs have to do. The Chiefs have to kick a field goal, or if they let's just say hypothetically they got the touchdown, suddenly it's Jalen Hurts with a minute thirty and a handful of timeouts in his back pocket to drive the field to send this thing to overtime. That is a classic ending, and I guarantee you they would have gone for a two point conversion QB sneak and would have beat overtime. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like that's that's what I would have done. <laughs> that, like if I'm the Eagles, like seriously, you have all the momentum in the world, and you go for the two point conversion with the thing that has worked every single time you've tried to run it, and it would have worked too. Yeah, they almost got away with it if it wasn't for that Bradbury hold. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's not a lot to say after that. Field goal goes up, it's good, and you know the the dying play with with six seconds left because of the squib kick is Jalen Hurts kind of just looking, looking. He has to dodge a Chiefs defender, which is why it ended up going so short, and, like, the nearest player was a Kansas City player five yards away, and, you know, that's all she wrote. Yeah, no, that was the end of it. It was a great game. No, it was, and I guess, so, as we kind of look to wrap up here, what are the initial thoughts and takeaways besides the fact that Kansas City 
who did not give up a single sack, did not lose a single yard on sacks. You know, this, as, as Mina Kimes said, this was a direct response to them losing to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. No, it was, it was definitely a spectacular game. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be going away uh, anytime soon. I still think that they're going to be in it uh, next year. I think the Eagles look really good. They're probably going to be in it next year again in the conversation. And, um, if they can do the right things in the offseason, of course, I did see. I didn't... They have a lot of people on contract years uh, that they might lose this offseason. They probably will lose just because of the cap and, you know, how well a lot of them have played. So we'll see if they're able to maintain this team or maybe even make it better and uh, just kind of the front office stuff that has to happen. But they definitely could make it back if they do the right stuff. Honestly, I actually – I think the Chiefs might have the easiest offseason – in, in a while for a Super Bowl championship because it doesn't feel like they were the Rams, that, uh, you know, when they, they push their credit card to the max and it's time to pay the Piper. They have a bunch of rookie talent on the offensive line. They have a, a, a lot of young offensive weapons in, in their running back in Pacheco and Sky Moore. You know, I, I feel bad for Clyde Edwards-Alaire who didn't even play and has to feel like his job is, on, is very much on the line. Like he's, I, I, if I'm the Chiefs, I might not even keep him, honestly. Yeah, we'll see. He could have some trade value. Um, yeah, potentially. But I, I just think that the Chiefs have between the two teams. I think the Chiefs have the much easier offseason. I think the Eagles honestly have their kind of credit card year now. Definitely. Um. But yeah, I mean, we we live in a world where your quarterback is going to define your Super Bowl window, and I think that the Chiefs have found a way to take their best offensive weapon in Tyreek Hill, trade him away for assets, and somehow some way got better <laughs> it feels crazy no it certainly is uh it's been fun to watch yeah no it's it's been a blast um and then as for the eagles i took jalen hurts in fantasy this year and i was literally people laughed in my face for it and i won the fantasy league because of it <laughs> what i just i gotta i gotta plug it i gotta plug it i gotta plug it good grab i respect it that's a hell of a grab yeah um so my last thought and i will I will let us go. We're almost kind of getting up against that hour mark somehow. 30-minute show turns into to an hour. I, I don't know how we do it every time. Um, but Zelo is now 3-0 and in the Super Bowl uh, because it's only been alive for three years. It took the Buccaneers over the Chiefs, then the Rams over the Bengals, and now the, the Chiefs over the Eagles. Um, I w- doing the, the metric that we've done in the past, Tony, where – we enter the stats and we get the win probability. What do you think the win probability for the Eagles was knowing what their statistics are now? Uh, honestly, I would say it's got to be like 70s, maybe 80s percent, because they honestly dominate much every way. You think the yeah. Eagles have an 80% chance? Well, I mean, they dominated time of possession. They converted more third downs. They had more yards. They they kind of just did everything. They ran almost 20 more plays. Like. Mm-hmm everything was just kind of in their favor on the stat sheet, but they lost. And it honestly just kind of came down to coaching. Well, I'm, I'm going to maybe give you a little bit of a surprise then. Zelo with statistics after the fact, gave the Chiefs a 58.9% chance of winning. So that's only slightly down from, from what it was going into the game. I think it was like 64% for the Chiefs. Yeah, I would have thought that after the fact with the stats – it just looked like the Eagles commanded more. If you took away the score and you just showed me the stat sheet, I would honestly say the Eagles probably won this game. I oh, I, I agree too, and it's kind of why it's why I let the spreadsheet do the thinking for me at this point. <laughs> Absolutely, because <laughs> I, I would have gotten it wrong. All right, well, thank you for listening, guys. Hopefully, this off season now that ironically that the football season is over, we'll have a little bit more time on our hands to, to talk off season moves. Hopefully we'll be back next week. No guarantees because I have said that every single week and then I take a month hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening guys. See you later guys.